Today's episode is an on-air coaching call. This means I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session that they have graciously allowed me to release as a podcast episode. These on-air coaching calls are a fascinating peek into the brains and the lives of other yoga teachers. I receive a lot of feedback that they help listeners feel less alone and more connected to their fellow teachers. If you'd like to be featured in an on-air coaching call, email your topic idea to mado at teachingyoga.net. That's M-A-D-O at teachingyoga.net. You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'd love to start with a little bit about your journey of how you found yoga and why you decided to become a teacher. I actually tried yoga back in about 2002. I was plus size at the time and I found this yoga for weight loss DVD by The Biggest Loser. (laughs) And (laughs) I thought, oh, I'm going to try this and see. And it was a really horrible experience, to be honest. I was in my living room trying to do this video and I found it very difficult, like trying to forward fold in a seated position. My stomach was in the way. Of course, I didn't connect those dots at the time, but you know, my body was in the way and I got very upset and I felt very traumatized. And I remember just laying back and crying and just thinking, okay, yoga is not for me. So I said, never again, fast forward, you know, for four or five years. And I had gotten divorced at that time, lost a lot of weight and was doing a self-defense and boxing training. And got injured and couldn't do my normal activity. So my friends talked me into trying a yoga class. So I went with them to a yoga class. And mind you, I was 80 pounds lighter at this point, And I absolutely loved it. So that was in 2006. And I just became absolutely obsessed. I started a journey in, you know, just really intense practice. I really liked power and vinyasa. I loved arm balances and anything upside down and (laughs) just had a wonderful time. I started teaching in 2010 and I taught mostly athletic style classes, you know, heavy, heavy flows and power, you know, and I taught a little bit of the yin for athletes and things like that. And just my practice really flourished in a physical aspect. Then again, fast forward a few years, I got an injury in my knee. I had to stop doing my the exercise I was doing and put on about a hundred pounds and found myself in this whole new body. I hadn't taught in about a year at that point and tried to start doing yoga and really struggled. I could not connect with my body. I had no idea how to use a prop or how to, I just didn't know how to do yoga anymore. You know, it was like I was doing it in a whole new body. And so I set out to try to learn again and try to do it in the bigger body. So I started going to beginner classes, 
trying to learn how to use props and all that stuff. And anyway, it was wildly unsuccessful. I found the world of beginner yoga to be very uninviting for a large bodied yoga person at that time. It was about 2016, this was happening. And so, you know, the whole plus size movement had not really done much at that point. So I couldn't figure out how to use props. I still didn't know. So I just kind of set out to figure it out on my own. And then from there, my practice flourished in a whole new way. I connected in a deeper, more spiritual way, learning to actually be yoga and not just, you know, the asana. And then, you know, I I decided to start a business to teach other plus size yogis. And then I moved on to teaching teachers how to teach plus size yogis. So it just really grew from there, especially after taking my 300 hour training with Crystal Gray. And that just kind of exploded my life and my practice and everything changed after that. So that's kind of where I'm at now, other than I got a neurological issue in 2021 from the vaccine, I got Guillain-Barre. And so currently I'm in a wheelchair recovering from that. So that's brought a whole new interesting level to my practice. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like your practice has really been informed by what's going on in your body in that moment, whether it was first finding that physical form of yoga and then rediscovering yoga and figuring out how to relearn yoga in a bigger body. And now in a body that's working with Guillain-Barre. Yeah. I mean, so many different lenses to practice yoga through. Yeah. It's been a journey. So what would you like me to help with today? How can I support? So I, I started my business and I'm struggling, you know, I've created a product and I've learned recently that I need to do email marketing, that that's really important because kind of everything right now is Instagram, a very little bit on Facebook. I have a small email list, but I really don't know what to do with it. I've sent a couple emails and they're completely random, nonsensical. I mean, hopefully the emails make sense, but, but in terms of any kind of email, like a regular email, I just... I don't know where to start or how to even go about that, you know? So that's my biggest struggle right now. I think this is an awesome topic because oftentimes yoga teachers sort of find themselves as entrepreneurs. We didn't take a linear journey to get here and we have some gaps in our our knowledge base. And so at a certain point you recognize, wow, I really need to use email. There's something really powerful about email, about how, being able to reach people directly outside of the social media algorithms. And yet there is a whole skill set involved. So before we dive too much into advice about what to do with email, I want to hear from you. What is already working for you as far as Instagram, you said, is your major platform? What do you do on Instagram and what what have you found to work there? I mainly do educational type content. I do reels and carousels are my biggest type posts. And I do a lot of teaching on reels and through carousels. So that's kind of what I'm doing. And I'm connecting with people in that way, which has been really great. And I, I would say it's working. I was able to fill my beta testing, which was nice. 
And that was totally through Instagram. So that was really nice. I'm educating, but I'm not, I don't do any selling really on Instagram. And so it's working for me in terms of building my following, sort of. I've got like just under 3,000. So I mean, only kind of building it, but no, that's um, wonderful, though. That's great. Thank you. I'm happy with it. You know, it's like, I mean, I think it's exciting in terms of spreading information, which is what I really, really care about, you know. So it's working in that aspect, but I know it's never going to really help me grow a real business. So what is your handle? I want to check out your account. It's Chubby Lotus Yoga. Okay. So Instagram, especially since you are, you know, seeing growth on that platform, it definitely has a role to play, even with growing your email list. What I would think of Instagram as is the discovery platform. Mm. People will find you on Instagram. And then the first job is to transition them from Instagram onto your email list. Okay. In your link in bio, you basically have two options. You could be really succinct and to the point and just have a link to sign up for your email. Okay. Or you could have like a link in bio, which would send people to a list of links. It looks like you do have an email list and how to do yoga and a plus size body. Yeah. The call to action isn't clear. Okay. It's, it's just like a link. And I believe that you can change your bio so that it says sign up for my email list or check out ways to work with me or check out other ways to connect or something like that. Like have a clear description of what you want people to do. Okay. That makes sense. So that's the first step is just from anybody who checks out your bio to have that available. And then the next step is going to be to call it out in your posts, to call it out in your stories. I would do it at least once a week, okay, if not more. Now, now it's time to back up a little bit and look at email strategy specifically. It's important to be clear. What do people get if they sign up for your email list Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't get just from social media? Okay. How can you create some kind of incentive or some kind of purpose for being on your list? It's easier to just follow people. That's like a less of a commitment versus (laughs) getting on someone's email list. So it is a step towards intimacy, a step towards connection. What is in it for them? That's the first thing to consider. Mm. Now there's lots of different approaches that you can take if they want to hear about your classes and your workshops, they need to be on your email list because it's just a more reliable way to communicate. That's kind of the simplest. If people are following you primarily for educational content, maybe you can offer some longer form content just to email subscribers. Okay. For example, if you look at the short form content of your Instagram posts, Those are just like little slivers of knowledge, slivers of information. You can even just do free workshops as list builders. And this is especially effective when you do already have kind of a more robust Instagram following, which I would consider 3000 to be, you know, it's, it's very healthy. I I think it's a, it's a great size list to start with. Okay. Um, I feel really good about that. (laughs) Yeah. You could start doing like one workshop a month for a few Mm -hmm. months. Mm. And in order to sign up for it, you have to get on the email list. 
Gotcha. Okay. That's great. Now, another thing you can do is actually refer back to Instagram mm -hmm. in your email. So for example, how often do you post? Uh, three or four times a week. Okay. So you're posting three or four times a week. And what kind of engagement do you get on your posts? I wouldn't say I get a ton of engagement, not a lot of comments. Depending on the content, I get a decent amount of shares and saves and then likes, of course, but I really don't get much comment, which is a bummer. <laughs> I mean, I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I'm just scrolling down. I'm seeing between three and 16 comments. What? Oh, okay. Oh, well. So yeah. 16 comments is healthy. Yeah. Three comments is not bad, frankly. Okay. You know, it's something. Yeah. People are people are engaging. People are responding. Okay. So if you look at your three to four posts in the week and two of them have three comments, one has 10 and one has 16, what do you know? The one yeah. with 16 is kind of sparking people. Gotcha. Okay. So you can take that post. You can write an email saying, hey, this post on Instagram is oh. getting a lot of response. What do you have to add to the conversation? It can be that simple. Oh, I love that. Okay. So you can actually boost your Instagram following and engagement using okay. your email mm. and use your Instagram to build your email. So they can okay. sort of feed each other. Oh, I love that. Okay. So yeah. smart. So what I would think about doing is like, okay, email them once a week, mm -hmm. but don't overcomplicate it. Okay. Sit down to write your email and ask yourself, what's feeling alive for me right now? Is there something that I just want to get off my chest yeah. that I haven't posted about on Instagram? Then fine, write an email about that. Okay. Gosh, I don't have anything that I really want to talk about right now. I'm just going to refer back to my latest Instagram post that got more engagement. I'm going to okay. mention it. I'm going to link to it. And I'm going to invite the people on my email list to engage with it. Oh, I love it's that. a way of circumventing the algorithm a little bit. Oh, okay. Oh, smart. This is what people who are good at social media, I'm not really one of them, but I am <laughs> intermediate enough to be able to yeah. see what people who are really good do. Okay. And they work with the algorithm. Okay. They understand what the algorithm likes and then they give the algorithm what it likes. Okay. So what you're doing is you're taking a post that the algorithm has already identified mm -hmm. as being more attractive okay. to your followers. Yeah. And then you're doubling down on what's working. You're going to send more people directly to that same post. Okay. If you do this over time, it's going to build both your Instagram following and your email list at the Love same time. That. Okay. That is awesome. Oh, so smart. Okay. Yay. Thank you for that. And it's simple. Yeah. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah. Give yourself permission to <laughs> reuse the work you've already done. Yeah. This is a lot of work. Yes. Creating is. content is a lot of work. Yeah. It's blood, sweat, and tears. It's your heart. It's your passion. And on social media, the lifespan is so short. Yeah. That as 
content creators, one thing that we want to do is figure out how to extend the lifespan <laughs> of the work that we do. And yeah. some of that's going to be reusing posts, you know, yeah. going back. Uh, you may already do that. Go back and the things that have worked maybe three months ago or six months ago, you can repost yeah. them. Yes. But this is another way of doing that. I love that. Okay. Thank you. That really helps. <laughs> yeah, you're so welcome. So what we've got right now is that you're going to boost the visibility of your email list on your Instagram account. Mm -hmm. okay. You're going to make sure to mention and invite people to sign up for your email list regularly. Okay. And you haven't actually said that you're going to do this, but my advice was to run some free workshops. Mm -hmm. Yes. About once a month. Okay. Promote them heavily on your Instagram account, but in order to register, people have to get on your email list. Okay. All right. Oh, I see what you're saying. You could probably host the signup page on your email service provider. I don't know who you use, but usually email marketing platforms have landing pages. Oh yeah. I've got ConvertKit. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So you would basically create a landing page in ConvertKit. Mm-hmm. Create a tag for each workshop. Okay. Anybody who signs up through that particular landing page gets that tag. Okay. You also send an email to your current subscriber saying, click here to register. When they click there, they get that tag. Oh. And then everybody with that tag gets the link to the workshop and gotcha. the replay. Oh, okay. So that's really building in my email list as well, some data on what they were interested in. Oh, that is so smart. That's wonderful. Email marketing becomes really interesting when you start <laughs> leveraging some of these capacity of collecting data. And yeah. you'll also be able to collect data around who's clicking that link when you send them back to your Instagram account, right? Okay. If, you're, if you're sending them an email about a post. Yeah. ConvertKit will track who clicked that link. Okay. That is so great to know because I've used obviously ConvertKit for a little while, but I wouldn't say I've really gotten into the details and these, you know, I've tried to add um, tags and things, but I haven't really been able to utilize all the features on there. And I know there's a ton, so that's super helpful. Thank you. Awesome. So I think that's a really good start. Yes. Where else do you, would, do you want to go from there? Do you have follow-up questions? Yes. I Well, I mean, it's on a slightly different topic, but the same topic, if that's okay. I will be launching my program, my first big program in September. And so I was going to do a workshop leading into it, you know, to announce the, the launch. So I'm going to do a workshop for that. And so... I'm having a hard time really knowing, you know, how to create a, a big launch. And I know that's really a whole different kind of topic and question, but that's kind of where I'm stuck right now is trying to pull all this together and, you know, make things very succinct and easy for people to follow. Yeah. It's just a lot, you know, like having your own business, like you said, we become kind of accidental entrepreneurs, but we don't ha necessarily all have the, you know, skills or whatever to do all this stuff, which is kind of a big deal. So true. So true. Yeah. As you said, it is 
multiple conversations to yeah. plan out an entire launch, but I can give you a few tips okay. and some, some helpful advice, I think. Okay. I love what you said about making it clear mm. and making it easy for people because that's exactly what you want to do is always take the perspective of your student and client and ask yourself, okay, if it wasn't me and my product, mm -hmm. how would I feel looking at this page? What would stand out to me? Yeah. What would I, what would my eye be drawn to? Would I feel overwhelmed? Is this too much information at once? Are all the details separated out enough that I can follow it? Even mm -hmm. if, you know, I'm in the middle of my busy day and I just kind of clicked on this. Yeah. Can I orient myself quickly? Yeah. So that's one thing. It's just every everything you do several times as you're working on it, step out of your own perspective and say, okay, what if this wasn't mine? Okay. How would this land for me? Then you'll want to work backwards from the day of closing your cart for your big program to figure out when you're going to open your cart okay. and, and what you're going to do before you open your cart. So you basically start at the end and work backwards. And when you do an event launch, which is what a workshop to promote a, a course mm -hmm. is basically an event launch. And when you do that, you will only talk about the workshop okay. until it's over. Oh, okay. And then only talk about the course. Okay, gotcha. Otherwise, you're going to confuse people between the two. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Now, it is a great idea now to talk about the course. Okay. To drop hints about the course, to let people know that the course is coming, get them excited, get them interested, so that when you do start talking about the course, it's not the first time they've ever heard of it. Okay, yeah. Oh, they're like, okay. oh, I remember her talking about that. Yeah. The time frame that I generally like to work with is one week to promote the free workshop. And in that week, I'll send about three emails okay. for the free workshop. Once the free workshop is over, you switch exclusively to talking about the course. And I like to give about 10 to 14 days for that. Okay. In the course of those 10 to 14 days, I would like to see you sending seven to 14 emails. Okay. A frequent communication. Especially towards the end. Okay. So in the beginning, I'll space it out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And the last day, I'll send two to three. And okay. let's say like the last three days, I'll make sure to send at least one email a day for the last three days. Okay, gotcha. All right. That's really helpful. Because I want to promote an early bird special as well. So that'll all be in there. And the early bird, that would be after the workshop? Yeah. The first few days yeah. is cheaper. Or you can have an extra bonus. I usually do extra bonuses. Oh, okay. So then you have a deadline mm -hmm. to get the best price or the best deal. Okay. And then you have the rest of your launch. And there will be a lull in the middle. After yeah. your early bird and before the last few days of yeah. your launch, there's going to be a lull. And so just expect that. Okay. <laughs> what you want to see is a healthy number of sales by the end of your early bird. Okay. If the discount is significant, you may get all your sales at the end of the early bird. Okay. Oh, okay. Because we love a deal. Yeah. Is that why you do like bonuses instead of discounts? I do bonuses instead of discounts because 
I like to price my courses mm-hmm. what I feel is fair, and I don't really yeah. want to discount them from fair. Gotcha. Okay. I like to feel like my courses are a great value. Mm-hmm. And then by adding a bonus, I can add more value without reducing my income. Gotcha. Okay. That's smart. Okay. And just a couple more things. One is make your emails simple. Make them have one big idea in general. Don't try to do two things with one email. Okay. And make sure that it's very, very easy for them to click through the email into buy the course. So as an example, don't put a link to the course at the top Mm -hmm. and then write a whole bunch of other stuff and then no more links. Okay. You can wait until halfway down or even at the bottom, you can put the link, but best practice is probably to put the link to buy the course two or three times okay. in the same email. Okay. Only one link, the same link, two or yeah. three places. And ideally have at least one button because our eyes are drawn to buttons. Yeah. And if we're like, oh yeah, I'm in, the first thing we're going to look for is a button. Okay. Just making it easy on people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where can I click to get information on this? Okay. That is super, super, super helpful. It is just overwhelming to know kind of where to start, you know? So that is really helpful. Yeah. Start at the end and work backwards. Okay. And then you can go step by step. That is wonderful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I'm so excited for you for launching this course and for having a strategy for building your email list. I love that you're giving yourself a little time to build your email list. So I hope that you'll stay in touch and that you'll let me know how this all turns out. Definitely. I will. I'm super excited. This has given me a lot to work with. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. And if yoga teachers listening are curious about your course and they want to find out more, where should they go? Well, right now you can go to Instagram and there is a link in my bio that will take you to the pre-sale of the course that talks about exactly what it is. And then it has all the breakdown of the modules. And so you can see exactly what the course entails and what it's all about. And they can sign up for your email list, right? Yes. You can sign up for my email list in like an hour. (laughs) Okay, Christy. Well, thank you so much for the work you're doing. I know it's really important and really needed. Thank you. I really appreciate you and the work you're doing to help all of us. So thank you. 